Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again back to another episode of What's Going On Here. My name is Tomo Lorick. I have next to me young Sean Quigley, or as he is better known and widely known in the DJing circles as the Quig. Mm. Yeah, uh, those DJing circles, you know they're getting smaller by the day. It's <laughs> it's a changing world. The DJing circles, the DJ is not what he once come on, was. Come on. We, we've done this before. There's going to be the hashtag the quig and hashtag the tea love. Yeah. So, well, yeah. actually, it's not the tea love. It's just tea love. Mm. Hashtag tea love and hashtag the quig. So, whichever one of us you like better, join team the quig or mm. team tea love. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like creating a rivalry just to get a little bit of, I guess, drama in our podcast? Uh, yeah. Or, well, yeah, just. Animosity or something. Ooh, animosity. I like that. Why not? A bit of jealousy, perhaps. Yeah. Ooh. ooh. Your seat is much yeah. shinier in the window. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so folks, today we are reviewing a movie, and it's an Adam Sandler movie, which I haven't heard before hmm. until we like turned on Netflix today, and it's called The Do Over. And the main stars are Adam Sandler and and David Spade and Paula Patton. Oh. And it's a adventure slash kind of comedy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing that. We're reviewing Big Jim's Pizzeria from uh, New Milford, New Jersey, uh, 281 Main Street to be exact. And we just went today for a simple, it's a lovely summer day, not a cloud in the, well, there's some clouds now, yeah. but a really nice summer day. It's California weather today, this is what I like to this call This is a California. very welcome weather, this, this weather now. I'm yes. very, I'm over the you know, sub-Saharan weather we've been having. Yeah, 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 the, the little mini heat wave we had. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of rough. Um, so today we figured we'd go simple and we just got a pizza pie, basically, from Big Jim's Pizzeria. Hmm. But they do, um, like a lot of these little pizzerias, they do have, like, you go order heroes, pasta dishes, salads, wraps, etc. And what we're reviewing beer-wise, and we're going to, I guess, crack these suckers open right now, is Redhead Amber Ale... By Woodcock Brothers Brewing Company, which is based in Wilson, New York, which is a northern New York, I'd say here. And this is a 4.5% ABV. So. And you'd been here? Was this you'd been here, or no, you just I, been I, near? No, no, no. I just I just saw this in the store. I was visiting Niagara Falls, and there, there's actually several nice brews. And in the local restaurants, I had what was called Niagara Lager from these ah. guys, and it was very, very nice. So I went to the store. I figured, oh, let me bring some yep. back so we can review on the podcast. Unfortunately, it was sold out. It's that popular up there, the Niagara Lager. So the only thing they had from the Woodcock Brothers Brewing Company was this Redhead Amber Ale. Apparently, it's their first brew. It says on here, their first brew, their first love. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Is that? Oh, well, all right. So let's see what their first brew is for. And they're saying they have no regrets here. Well, let's find out if we're going to have any regrets, shall we? <laughs> I wonder what that would take. You say that, and all I envision is I take a sip and I instantly vomit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that would, <laughs> that would be a lot of regret. I instantly regret this. 
Either that or you should spontaneously generate herpes. Oh, there's a dead mouse in my can. <laughs> I regret that. <laughs> well, cheers, my friend. Let's cheers. See, uh, let's see what this sucker's like. Oh, you know what? I didn't bring the glass so we could see the color. Well, they told us it's an amber ale, so I'm going to assume this is uh, amber. Let's see. I could just hold my mouth open with it in my mouth. You could just look. Shine a light. <laughs> this will be right. Jesus. How did we get into a homoerotic podcast in like two minutes worth? Can I sample it while it's there? Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, this is. Hmm. I have to say, for an amber ale, it's a little bit more bitter than I expected it to be. Oh, yeah. Not even not even bitter. It's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Woodsy? Is woodsy the word I'm looking for? No. For me this tastes this reminds me of England very much. For me this tastes like uh English lager. To me I like but I'm not a huge lager drinker. Just because it's the most popular thing in England. And okay. when I was in England I used to drink pretty much Guinness okay. as a Standard, right. pretty much just Guinness. And then when I moved here, I got into craft beer and more complex beers. Right. Because I never really had the lager in it, just because, I, you know, I, there was just so much of it and everyone drank it and it was like, uh, I do like my Guinness. Every, yeah, so this to me reminds me of like Carling um, or Carlsberg. Carling is like the English beer that. Yeah, I drink this and this reminds me of. Someone having a barbecue in their backyard and having carling. It tastes like that. Which is which is weird. Which it for me is it's kind of nostalgic for me. It's kinda of nice to taste that. Oh, okay. But it's, it's I mean it's to me it just tastes like a very simple um like lager. It doesn't seem to uh it's ale, which is this I found this a couple of times when we've reviewed beers, where they have the word ale on them. Right. And I expect them to taste a certain way or be a little bit more complex or something. I don't know, not. and then they're not like if you put an, if you call something an ale in England, mm-hmm. it would taste very different from this. Right, like th- people would think this was just a lager in England, but like an ale, I mean, because English ales they're not carbonated, they're like you right. know they're not usually refrigerated. They're... Well, this isn't particularly carbonated, I have to say. I mean, it's barely. Let's see. This is barely there. This is. This is almost right along the path of a Guinness in terms of carbonation, I think. Yeah. It's barely a little bit... Well, Guinness is different, right? Guinness is creamy because it's like the nitro and it, it, it's mm. not really CO2, you know, and all that. But um, this is, this is yeah, this is very, very... Um, well, I, I don't want to say flat because flat is, yeah. is gives a negative connotation. But... Um, yeah, this is very, very lightly carbonated. The flavor is almost like... Uh, try, if you're eating an apple mm. and then you accidentally bit, bite into like a seed uh-huh. and you get that little bit of bitter there, uh-huh. that's the kind of bitter I'm picking up from it. It's not unpleasant. It's weird. It's uh, it, I definitely I don't want to put them down because you say you enjoyed the other one, but I'm kind of confused how if this was their first brew, yeah, that they managed to get to a point where they became like a big. Because to me, this wouldn't be like 
Anything to write a special home about. signature, no, like no, no, no. They're... When you compare it to elementary, our friends elementary, yeah, they're such so innovative. Each beer is so different yes. and so distinctive. And and, and, so and come and, up with something like this, and this is your first beer. I'd be like, mm. yeah, no, yeah, this this uh, you know. And I was wondering because it was in a in a pint can, and I was like, oh. Is this going to be disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> and quite frankly, it's a little bit disappointing. Now, full disclosure, I'm a huge beer guy. So disappointing beer is, you know, when I talk about disappointing beer, I'm talking about Pabst Blue Ribbon and Budweiser <laughs> and, you know, Miller Lite. And things. those are like, eh, I can have two, three of those beers and I'm done. Well, for me, I prefer Budweiser to this. Really? But I would prefer this to Bud Light. <laughs> okay. But I, I like, no, I don't think I would. Well, I don't know because it's probably been twenty years since I've drank Budweiser, literally. So I wouldn't know. Whether well, that's I, I always used to have. Uh, but that was in England. If they didn't have Guinness somewhere, I would have um, Bud Budweiser, and that was mainly because I get it in bottles reliably. Wherever I went, I could get a bottle of Budweiser. Now, was it and the American Budweiser yeah. or the Czech German Budweiser? No, 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 Budweiser? not Budvar. No, no, no. Although, that would be, if they had that, I would have that. Yeah. And the Budvar. But the Budweiser, just because it was commonly in like our supermarkets, uh, Tesco, which is the most common, the cheapest, our version of like Stop and Shop or something. Right. Shop right more like, um, you know, you get your good deals on uh, multi-packs for like, barbecues right. and stuff. Right, right, And it would right. usually be Foster's Carling. Yeah, Budweiser, um, and Budweiser was one of the few. Fosters and Carling would always be in cans, okay. and then you'd get Budweiser in bottles. And I always preferred the taste out of a bottle. Yes, than to a can. yes. Even though the, uh, a lot of the small breweries are doing the canning simply because it's a cheaper mm. and more less expensive thing. And I'm with you. I always prefer the taste of the beer in the bottles because they wouldn't have that. And I know they say, oh, it doesn't happen. It's your imagination. It might be, and it might be completely psychosomatic. Yeah. But there is that tinny flavor that comes with beer out Even of Even if can. it's just a tin, your mouth is going on a piece of metal when okay. you're drinking it. So exactly. you're drinking it through the taste of metal. Yes, exactly. And yeah, this one is, uh, you know, we should have gotten, like I said, and like sampled like four different beers today. Because <laughs> now I'm like upset about this. Aww. Well, it, it, it's all right. Like, like, well, what what happened was I was telling Sean when I was up there um, in the local eateries they had this from the same brewers, Woodcock Brothers, Niagara Lager, mm. and it was a really nice, crisp, full-bodied, full-tasting, very nice lager. Um, I really, really, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and like I said, that's why I went to the supermarket. I was like, oh, I gotta find some. It was all sold out. They didn't have any. Yeah. So I picked this up. I said, oh, let me try this other stuff. I, one to five, three and a half, 3.3 maybe, I'm giving this. Um, for me, this is two and a half, just because. Wow, that's really low. Well, it isn't, isn't. I mean, like, beer, but I like beer. Like, I can drink any beer, really. Right. So, like, you know, realistically, like, what is a one? I mean, a one's got to be like a, a terrible American light beer or something. To like a, like a, like a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Which but so even many that, people, I'll drink, which you know? Pe- which people, so many people are like, oh, I love it. It's like, no, you don't love it. You love the nostalgia of remembering when you were like, 
19 years old and sneaking yeah. a six pack of that crap and drinking it. I, I had a PBR, my first PBR in, in, uh, that I can remember in a, in a little while. I had a couple of weeks ago oh boy. at work and this was the, I, I, I was so excited. I told my wife this when I got home. I, um, actually I told her the second I finished, I got on the phone. I was like, <laughs> I've never felt more American in my life. <laughs> I feel so excited as an American because of my my work, I don't know if you've picked up on this subtle clues throughout the podcast listeners, but I work at Medieval Times. Yes, uh, the Lord Chancellor. I, yeah, I'm my a... dear Lord Chancellor. I, I'm the please, Lord Chancellor. Would you please proceed with the show, my uh, Lord? I shall, I shall. Um, <laughs> and one one evening I was leaving the castle, and uh, as I was walking through the car park of the castle... Oh, the castle. The cart park. The, ca- uh, <laughs> the wagon. One of the knights of the realm uh-huh. happened to be sitting in the back of his pickup truck. Oh, and, well, and he, oh uh, yes, and he called me over and he said, "Quigley, Quigley, come over here." I was like, "Oh," and he came over and he said, "Did you tell him to fuck off and call you the Quig?" No, yeah, okay. <laughs> fuck off! I'm the Quig. <laughs> I'm the Lord Chancellor. Damn it! <laughs> That's right. If uh, you don't refer to me as the Lord Chancellor, you should call me. I'm nobility. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, he uh, he's like, yeah, I can't remember. And then anyways, there was him and a couple of other knights of the realm Ooh. were sitting in the back of the pickup truck, along with a couple of wenches Ooh. from the castle. Wenches, nice. And a cooler full of beer. They were sitting in the back of the pickup truck, drinking beer at a cooler, uh-huh. chatting to wenches, uh-huh. and they were smoking their cigarettes uh-huh. as young people do. Were they were they funny cigarettes? They no, they were regular cigarettes. Okay, okay. And. Uh, and they, and they offered me a beer, and, to, and I said, no, I will have a beer. And I sat there drinking my PBR, and I've never felt more American in my life. Yes, welcome to Suburban Redneck. Thank you. Yes. You are now that. I do believe the certain knight of the realm whose, whose truck it was um, may well be uh, from a trailer park or something like that. I'm sure if he's listening now, he's going to Yeah, Gerard, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I have no evidence to base that upon. I don't think any less of you. This is only from the fact that we were playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas the other day in the changing room because, the, sorry to spoil the illusion for you guys, at Medieval Times, the Knights locker room has a PlayStation 2 nice. and they play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas in it. Well, do you have a PS3? Actually, no, it is a PS3. Oh, okay. It's a PS3, but they're PS2. playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> San Andreas. <laughs> and there was a scene in San Andreas. I watched it the other day. I was just watching for half an hour. I would get paid to sit in the dressing room and watch another night play Grand Theft Auto where I'd just sit there before the show watching him. Like, oh yeah, yeah, kill him. Yeah, punch him. Kill that cop. <laughs> And uh, they drove. This is the baseball bat. I'm yeah. Not gonna... <laughs> and then there was a, the section where he drove through a trailer park, and Gerard, who's the knight in question, went, "Oh, trailer park!" <laughs> in a very like enthusiastic way, and I was thought, "I bet you're from a trailer park, Gerard, aren't you?" Was he like, "Et go home"? I mean, what was it? <laughs> He's like, "Oh, awesome trailer park." <laughs> Uh, well, there oh God, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Though. Well, I, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you. He's a just, big boy; he'd hurt you, me. You just, go, you just go down Tunnelly Avenue, you're going to encounter a trailer park here and there. Like, I'm not <laughs> even exaggerating, so yeah, it could very well be. Yeah, yeah. I I know a girl from a trailer park. She was super, super cute. Very nice. We have trailer parks in England, but only gypsies live in them. Parkies. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that the correct term? Is it? Pikeys. Oh, oh. Not not Pakis. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's someone from Pakistan. That's a very different term. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I was Pakis. Oh, pa- as, as pa- Parkies. Oh, that's what you said. Parkies. No. Um, well, what was the term they were using in, in Snatch? Pikies. 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 Okay, so I could have sworn one of guys. Nah, you're bloody pikies. Nah, you're bloody pikies. Ah, pikies. He's a pikey. Or my Irish relatives would say knacker. You're knackers. Knackers. You're goddamn knackers. It's like, as we say, when you walk into a messy room, you're like, yeah, it's a goddamn knackers yard in here. A knackers yard. It's like a gypsy's home. I, I, I feel thoroughly used by like Western European gypsies because everybody's white. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like you haven't grown up in the Balkans, like gypsies still look very much the way gypsies Like gypsies should look. do. Right. Yeah. They, they, because they're from India and they look very Indian still and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's different. Now, mind you, they've been here for generations, yeah. thousands of years. But like when I see like these blue eyed, you know, sandy blonde haired people, it's like, oh, I'm a gypsy. Really? Mm. Are you really? Most gypsies in England or in Britain are uh, what we call Irish travellers. Refer to them as Irish travellers. Some in Snaps, they're Irish travellers. Uh, okay. But a, some of them will refer to themselves as Romani or like it's a lot of pride for them to say that they have Romani yeah, roots. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But they're mostly Irish travellers okay. and they're, you know, they, they have a great reputation. See, that's what I actually read a great quote from um, uh, George Carlin the other day. It says, like, it always bothers him how people are proud of, quote unquote, where they're from. Mm-hmm. It says you just have it's by literally by accident of birth that you're either have Italian ancestry or Irish ancestry or you know German ancestry or that you're American or that you're you know uh, Brazilian or whatever. It's a literally an accident of genetic birth. It says you should be proud of something you have achieved. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm a doctor. I'm proud of that. Yes, you, went, you usually studied school. I'm a policeman. I'm proud of that. I went and did my training and I've worked for years as a cop. I'm proud of that. This, is, this happened by accident. Whatever your, like, literally your, yeah. your, your uh, uh, ethnic background is, it's by accident. That really isn't a source of pride. But they, No, they should have a, they should have, like in Australia, with immigration, what they do in Australia, and it would make a lot more sense of it. I'm not saying we should do it. You know, in, in my opinion, there's enough space in this country to let everybody in. True. Um, which it definitely is. Yeah. But they, um, well, like in Australia, that instead of looking at where someone's from or their, you know, their, their 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 background that way and deciding whether they should come in or not, basically which country they're coming in from, they should come in or not. They, you know, they have like an aptitude test of like, what are your skills? What are your, you know, what's your, what are you skilled at? Right, right, what right. What can right. you bring? Like, yeah. what is your... Sure. It's like, yeah, you came in from war-torn, like, you know, wherever. Yeah. Um, but you happen to be an engineer. Yeah. Great. Great. Come on in. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, you're from France, but you're an actor. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we do we, not need a French actor. We already have huge. Jackman? Yeah. Perhaps you heard of him? Yeah, we don't need you. You're yeah, Canadian and you have no job. Okay, go back to Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have Russell Crowe and we have Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And maybe a couple of other smithering, smothering actors. Mm. Because, yeah. and, and chances are, most people coming from those places will have an interesting trade or job. Sure. Because they're from a place where you need to have something in order to live. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, you can't Absolutely. just be a whatever the hell we white people are. And get away with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I gave it a 3.3, you give it a 2.5. Yeah. I mean, on further revision, and, and I, I think mine should really be a 3.0, mm. which is it's still a beer. 
It's a beer. I mean, if there's nothing else there, beer. I would, unlike you, I would still drink I mean, over. I a, mean, technically, a zero is just red wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we might review wines. I on think the show this is one a day. glass of water. <laughs> yes, water is a zero. It's just something you need to live, right? <laughs> but, um, but I, I give it a three, so you give it a two point five. Um, Big Jim's Pizzeria, the pizza. What did you think? And now, and let me uh, again preface this the same way. I'm a big pizza connoisseur, mm. and I grew up in Queens, New York City, and we're very particular about our pizza. And every town says they have the best pizza, this, that, and the other thing. But I, I mean, it's like we we talked about actually in one of the episodes I was listening to the other day. If we actually number nine, because that's when we first started putting in the uh, um, rating system. If you do find a beer that's 5.0, there's no reason you shouldn't drink it every day. Yeah. Right. And you correctly brought up the point. It's like, well, you know, with all these craft brews, you think you found a 5.0, and then you kind of drink it, and then taste something else, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, this one's better than what I think my 5.0 is, so yeah. it's really a 5.0 anymore. So that will change, and, and mm. the fluidity of it will change. Pizza's kind of the same thing. I find it really difficult to grade pizza and this isn't i'm not trying to be unfair to the pizza mm-hmm. because a lot of times um what was that movie threesome where the guy says like pizza's like sex even when it's bad it's still pretty good yeah and it's like so, yeah, sorta although some people like will say it's pizza and it's it has no i was out in montauk one time like when i was in college and we bought quote-unquote pizza and it was literally, I kid you not, slices of toast with ketchup and cheese on it. <laughs> and not even mozzarella cheese, like a slice of American cheese with ketchup smeared on the slice oh. of toast. And they're like, here's your pizza. And Perfect. I was like, and back then it was like $2. I was like, are you fucking shitting me? You are selling me a slice of toast with ketchup and a slice of cheese on it for $2. But just like your, grandma used to make. Just like and grandma was senile as fuck. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so... So, this pizza, I think, Big Jim's was a nice standard pizza. Nothing wrong with it. It was. It, uh, I didn't, neither of us thought it was bad because we polished off a pie while watching our 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, this, if you want lunch and you want just a standard fair pizza, this was a, this was a perfectly acceptable pizza, I thought. Yeah, it was. I think. Yeah, it I, wasn't. It wasn't too spicy or too. There was. There was nothing overly outstanding about it. No, but I, mean, I would give the in terms of pizza. And again, my uh, 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 what you would call it graph, if you will, mm. like of pizza, like on the scale of pizza, is very again very like narrow. So like we had Brooklyn's Pizzeria in one of the episodes, and I absolutely love Brooklyn's Pizzeria. Yeah, I think it's one of the better pizzas I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I'm giving that one like a 4.3. Yeah. You know, because that's like one of the better pizzas I've ever had. Okay. You know what I mean? So like my, my scale is like really, I don't know if it's condensed or what do you want to call it or if it's a little more uh, 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 parabolic or whatever it is, but not parabolic. Well, you got to give yourself space because right. if you give something five or close to five, you're assuming you're never going to have anything better. Well, there's that. So yeah, that makes sense. So I... I, I for this pizza, like I said, this is a very standard pizza. This is this is comparable to a pizza you'll buy on a street corner in the city. Like if yeah. you've gone to the city and they have the two brothers pizza, yeah, and yeah, 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 cent pizza and places like that. This is right there with that, and I give this a three point five. I'd give it a little less. I'd give it a three point one. I think. Okay. Just because 
I actually, I liked, to break it down, I mean, I liked, I thought the bread was nice, the bread was good, I liked the bread, I thought it was a nice consistency, like the, 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 the you know, the main, the base, I was like, it was, for me, it was nice, the it, was crust like, was nice. it was kind of like chewy, I yeah. liked it, and then the crust was tasty, yeah. but like, you know, so, I mean, we only had a plain pie, but like, so like, I could tell the tomatoes weren't really that fresh or very interesting. No, the sauce And the cheese wasn't anything, anything fresh either. Right, right, right. Um, and it was very greasy. It was a lot of grease. Yes. So, yeah, they could have done themselves better. You know, they did them... I feel like a lot of pizzerias do this and they probably rely on heavily on their toppings Other and stuff. Toppings, this is yes. why one of the reasons I said let's get a plain one because it's yes. the best judge of the place. Yes, absolutely. And, and yes, and we were talking about that. It's like, people always like, oh, you got to try their... It's kind of like the Chicago, the deep dish pizza. And there's, you know, literally a kitchen sink of ingredients on it. It's like, well, that's not real. That's kind of just like a bread pie. You know, it's, it's, it's a pizza. Standard pizza to me is your dough, your sauce, your cheese. Mm. Sauce being the primary one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and people are going to laugh at this. I actually enjoy the Domino's pizza sauce. Yeah. Because they make it a little bit spicy. Uh-huh. Now, I haven't bought Domino's in years since I found out the founder of Domino's is a religious nut. And I was just like, okay, I'm not yeah. supporting you because, you know, it's like... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He bought, like, some huge property down in, like, Florida where he was going to have people move in and there's going to be no porno and no uh, 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 alcohol. And he's going to have... He bought this big piece he's of... He's not going to sell any pizzas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, this, is, bro, this is the thing that always cracks me up with... Your with, crossover is not right there, pal. It, it, I always laugh at it, and you see it over and over again. And one of the sports guys at one of the sports radio shows, um, Colin Cowherd, which I used to listen to and used to enjoy his show, and he'd always say, it. they always are trying to like talk about like how godly everything is in the Midwest, and the biggest... Uh, uh, purveyors of porno and booze is the Midwest. Yeah. And like, probably, and I'm sure if somebody did the study, in the dry counties is where they drink the most and watch the most porn. Yeah. Where like, you know, there's a church literally on every street corner. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, well, yeah, of course there is. Because I mean, it's, it's, the Catholic Church is where the most kiddie fiddling goes on. <laughs> well, it's kind of <laughs> like going into a schoolyard or, or if you've ever watched more than like one child ever and just like, don't do that. Yeah. And just walk out of the room for 15 minutes and see how many times the thing that you told the kid not to do is being done. Yeah. It's just people never grow out of it. I don't care what they say. People never grow out of it. You tell them something, no, you can't do it, no, someone's going to keep trying to do it or we'll try to, or we'll be doing it. If, if when I was nine and I first said I wanted to be an actor, I was surrounded by people that said, that's a great idea. You're suited to it. You'll probably make a career of it and do well. I'd probably be a policeman right now. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone was like, was like, ah. Oh. So what? Wait a second. Wait, this yes. seems to be the worst idea that anybody in this class has as to what they want to do. Well, you know what? <laughs> like, uh, what's her face? I forget the girl's name. But the, the daughter in The Incredibles? Wait a second. And then the person starts chirping me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, okay, 3.1. I gave it a 3.5. I was a little more generous, but it is what it is. Just so I've, you know, I've had other, uh, you know, I've had, there, there are a lot better pizza, especially in this area, to, to be had. If I had that, um, you know, if I had that pizza in somewhere not in the East Coast, then maybe I'd be more generous. But Yeah. I, I, you're right. But like I said, for, from three, like for, for me to go from 3.5 to 3.8 is, for me, is actually a 
huge jump. But also, to be fair to me, like, to be fair to me, to be fair to the pizza pizza making, uh-huh. I feel like if I owned a place, if I had the facility to bake pizzas, if I had a pizza oven, you know, and I had the funds to be able to order right. ingredients, there's a pizza in every corner. I, I would go out of my way to, like, formulate a pizza that was good. Yes. You know? Yes. Because well, that's how you're going to make... But I guess there's the two ways. When you're a pizzeria like that, of making your money, it's like, like you know, you know what people are going to eat here regardless of what I do? Right. Because I'm a pizzeria and anyone walking past who's hungry is going to come in. Right. Or there's the, you know what, everywhere, there's a pizzeria everywhere. Yeah. If I make it that bit better, people talk and they go, you know, this is the place to go. Well, that's the whole thing with Brooklyn's. Brooklyn's getaways with, gets, gets away with murder. I mean, this pie was like $9. And, and that's something yeah. to consider. That's a fairly inexpensive pie. So you're paying a little more than a dollar a slice, right? Because there's eight slices per pie. Yeah. You go to Brooklyn's Pizzeria, which is phenomenal because the sauce is fresh. You can taste it. The cheese is fresh mozzarella. It's really delicious. But, you know, you order a pie. Well, that's $18. Yeah. And they only take cash. You yeah. know? And it's just like... And people still line up. People drive from, you know, for a half hour away, 45 minutes away to come eat that pizza. They don't sell it by the slice ever. It's yeah. only by the pie. Yeah. You know, and people will do it because it's just that nice. But, um, yeah. There's the, a, the thing with pizzerias is because it's such a practical food, like the standard yeah, pizzeria yeah. with the eight slices. Like you said, in the city, especially, two brothers being the perfect example. I'll go there and, like, be online, and I'll literally watch them, like, sell eight pies in, like, two minutes. Yeah. Because there's, everyone's oh, yeah. coming for, like, let me have a slice, let me have two slices. And before you know it, 20 people have bought like eight pies. Yeah. And, and boom, th- th- that's where it is. And pizzeria is being like, it, from the restaurant standpoint, like the only place that really doesn't fail. I mean, when was the last time you saw a pizzeria go out of business? You know, some restaurant, somebody opens up, oh, let me open or, up a little Or at drink. least if it closes, it gets retaken over by someone else at, as another pizzeria. As another pizzeria. No one ever changes a pizzeria to something else. Right, exactly. Because it's, it, because... What, what's your expenses? Water, which is practically free, mm. right? Flour, yeah, in bulk, doesn't come too much. Yeast, probably the m- most costly thing. And then tomato sauce, which you can buy in giant, they buy in giant freaking cans from some supplier, you yeah. know, some quote-unquote Italian pizza supplier. And all these, you know, it probably costs them to make that pie. And they sell it, so these, this place was like nine something. Two brothers, it's eight bucks. It probably costs them two dollars to make that pot. Yeah, you know, literally, because I mean, you, you get a you get a five pound bag of flour. Like if you just go to the supermarket for three bucks, four bucks. Uh huh. You know, not if you're buying a hundred pound bag of flour. You're probably getting that for like fifty cents a pound, if that. Yeah. You know, and like I said, the water is. 10,000 gallons cost you like $30 for the quarter. <laughs> and, and, you know, and the sauce probably also, you, you, the pennies on the dollar, what you would expect. And so these places are profitable because it really doesn't cost them much to make it. And that's why they're like, oh, you want toppings? Well, we're going to charge you an extra five bucks for the pie now because, you know, we've got uh-huh. eight mushrooms on there, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. So, yeah, I... What? That's that's coming. I saw someone on Facebook this the other day. This is a bit off topic. It's not off topic. It's just about pizza. Yeah. One thing I've not noticed in a long time that's been an ingredient is anchovies. I'm going to go back to my t-shirt I'm wearing. Okay. Which is 
relevant. Yes. We're in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Exactly. Yeah. The Turtles, and they're into their pizza. And growing up, it was one of those things I remember they're going on about anchovies. They used to, I think it was Michelangelo, one of them loved anchovies on his pizza. Right. And we didn't have them in England, anchovies. Like, that wasn't a thing. Sprats. Really. Yeah, but we didn't have them on pizza. Oh, okay. That wasn't a big thing. But pizza wasn't a big thing. Or was it a big thing when you were a kid? Yeah, Pizza Hut. Oh, Pizza Hut was there already. Yeah, Pizza okay. Hut. When I was a kid, and that was really it. Okay. Pizza Hut. Um, and uh, so it was, you know, it's pepperoni. Right. Or Hawaiian. Right, That's right, like right. it, you know. But that was a big thing. I feel like that was a, um, anchovies is a big thing on pizza, but I don't see it anymore like, at all. I never see it as like a popular, I never see anchovies. And I saw someone on Facebook, they're talking about that, about how there's no anchovies on pizza anymore. Oh. Which is interesting, because I, I recently s- had an anchovy, I didn't have anchovies for years because I, I assumed I wouldn't like it because it was fish. And I was like, oh, I don't like fish. And then I tried. And it's super salty. And I was like, wait a second. I like that. It was just like a little salty stick. <laughs> it like tastes a, like fish at all. It's, it's a little like potato chip just about. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. It's oily and salty. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. Just like oily and salty. Yeah. So, you don't like fish? Uh, seafood at all? Um, no, I like seafood. Okay. I like seafood. Because fish is seafood, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I, I can eat seafood. <laughs> okay. There, I can eat, you know... Calamari. I can eat calamari. I can eat mussels. Okay. I can, I can eat shrimp, right, prawns, right, right. whatever. And um, I, I can eat lobster okay. and crab. Sure. Fish, I just... If it's too fishy, I'm not a big fan. White fish, something like that. Cod, I can eat. I can eat like a sole. Okay, yeah, sole is just delicious. Mostly the oily fish... No time for it. Okay, so mackerel. Oh, uh, okay. that's the worst. Right. A brown oily fish, yuck. No right. way. Right. Oh, it makes me feel sick. Okay. I went mackerel fishing when I was a kid with my dad. Uh, and I was so excited to try it when I came home because we caught them. Right. And, oh, it was horrible. Really? Yeah. Well, how did, how did they prep them? Because I love grilled mackerel as a fish. Yeah, I think grilled. Really? Yeah, it's just, ooh. I love, my uncle used to actually prepare it with just salt, um... Salt, pepper, parsley, in some olive oil, mm. and then put the fish on. You know, of course, grill, clean the fish, gut it, you know, scale it, all that stuff, and then you just throw it on the grill, and then have this like mixture of oil and salt and pepper and parsley, and he just like dab it with a brush and turn it over, and the skin would get all crispy and salty, and that, I, I love it. I mean, maybe the truck in. My memory you know is what? that I hate it. Annie, my wife, she's she's like you. She cannot stand like grilled mackerel was like the staple because they yeah. um, they were all born. I think her youngest brother wasn't, but they were all born in London, hmm. and then they moved to uh, Dorset, Weymouth. They moved to so of course they were like a coastal town, so there was like fresh fish to be had. It's like well, yeah, what are you eating? Well, fish because that's what there is, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. So so she said they had grilled, and she said she always hated it. She just, like just could not stand grilled mackerel. Yeah, I didn't like either. And I was born in London. Okay. I met my wife in Dorset. Oh. So it all, all ties in. It all ties in. That's and it all led to this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we still haven't gotten to our show, and that's what we were supposed to be talking about. Oh yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we decided today to watch, uh, uh, which I didn't even hear of, and apparently you were informing me before the show mm. that Adam Sandler signed a contract with Netflix and. Filmed like a bunch of movies, or is under contract to film a bunch of movies, and yeah, they gave it was something like you know we're going to give you fifty million dollars, make us five films, right? Something like that, um, 
you know, and we'll, oh, we'll give you the budget. You don't have to do it in your pocket, but we're mm. going to give you this as like an advance. Right, 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 right. But you need to do these films within five years or something. You know, they basically wanted like a film a year, a brand new film a year. For me. Right. So this one's called The Do-Over, and it's Adam Sandler, David Spade, and Paula Patton. Mm. And I... <sighs> it's kind of Adam Sandler and David Spade still doing comedy, and Adam Sandler trying to transform himself into like an action hero kind of stuff and it's like I kind of feel like I could be just as good an action hero kind of star but anyway so we watched it, this is obviously supposed to be kind of like a, 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 a um, buddy comedy action thing a little bit um, the one who's it, it, it's it's a little bit of a standard rope there's one who's like a bumbling like completely out of his element guy and another guy who's like a badass and this one, by the looks of it, um, if you had if you had Will Ferrell playing the David Spade character and Mark Wahlberg playing the Adam Sandler character, this would be way more a blockbuster film. Yeah, yes, it would make millions. Yeah, this is true because right, it's pretty much it's pretty much the other guys, but mm. you know they're kind of on the run. And so we open up with with Adam Sandler. David Spade is already out of the car. They're in some tropical location, and what we find out is. They're in Puerto Rico. Oh, did we find that out? I think they say they're in Puerto Rico, and because they say we have to go back to the states. Uh huh. Yeah. So they they're in Puerto Rico. David Spade. They're like literally like on on the shore, waterside somewhere. And Adam Sandler is coming up because this is the middle twenty minutes we we get into watch. Adam Sandler's coming out of a convertible Ferrari. And they're talking back and forth, and David Spade is the Harry, and they're apparently friends of old, like they grew up together. Hmm. And David Spade turned into a bank manager, very straight and narrow. He's a straight-laced guy, believe it or not, David Spade is playing. And Adam Sandler is like this, like, ruffian, and David Spade doesn't know who he is. And apparently he killed somebody, Adam Sandler did. And David Spade is freaking out because he's a straight and narrow citizen, and he's like, oh, we gotta turn ourselves in. And, and it's, it's the typical road. Adam Sandler is just saying like, oh no, this is, everything that happened was purely by accident and chance and I only did it to save us and this and that. And uh, so David Spade goes with it and says, we have to turn ourselves in. And Adam Sandler says, oh, well, all right, if you can handle 15 to 25, I'm okay with that. And David Spade says, you said it was only going to be 5 to 10. He says, well, yeah, but I mean, now there's like bodies and you did a threesome with somebody's wife and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, where are we going from here? So they said, we have to go find the doctor's wife, whoever this is. And um, so they go back to the States, and they said, like, well, where are we going to live, and how are we going to move around? And they end up in Winnebago. No explanation as to where they're getting this money to get them in Winnebago. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, at one point, he just says, not only did we kill the guy, but we, like, stole all that money. So they ended mm-hmm. up with a bunch of money. Yeah. So they came back to the States, and judging by the... Uh, a, a flora of the scene because mm-hmm. there was a bunch of um, Spanish moss hanging off the trees. They must have been somewhere south, whether it was Florida, Norland. Oh, you are like a Sherlock Holmes for this shit. <laughs> well, you didn't notice the Spanish moss hanging off the trees in the scene? I, no, I, mate, moss is green shit on rocks. <laughs> Spanish is, you know... Well, is that Irish boss with a taco yeah. in his hand? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, um, so they go there, and they're supposed to meet the wife, and they park out in front of her house in their Winnebago, 
And the scene starts. The next morning, David Spade wakes up and he hears kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, talk to me like a dirty little girl. Oh, oh. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And he opens up his, because he's sleeping in the bed in the Winnebago. And Adam Sandler is like, I guess, crashing on the couch of the Winnebago to the front mm-hmm. of the Winnebago. And he is literally humping a blow-up doll. Yeah. In very Adam Sandler fashion, you know. And David Spade's character goes, oh, what are you doing? And he's all shocked. What? I was just, you know, uh, you know, just kind of having some fun here. Ha, ha, ha. And the gag, the visual gag is the blow-up doll is still attached to Adam Sandler. Yeah. And, and the blow-up doll has glasses on for some whatever reason. <laughs> and, and he's out. And then David Spade says, well, who are you talking to? And Adam says, oh, what? It's just like, you know, one of those 1-800 numbers. Like, thank God we're back in the States, right? $5 a minute and having a little fun. Yeah. And the entire time, the doll is on there. And you correctly yeah. pointed out, Adam Sandler is now in his 50s. These jokes were great when he first started putting out your Billy Madisons and your Happy yeah. Gilmore. Now it's really starting to get into the creepy side of things. It's a little... Yeah. I'm going to look up how old he is. It's a little weird. Like, he is... He, uh, he's anywhere between 48 and 52. That's what I'm saying. So, 50, I guess. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying he's 50 years old, Adam Sandler. He is uh-huh. 50 years old. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Sherlock Holmes strikes again. Adam Richard Sandler, born September 9, 1966, Brooklyn, New York. 1966. 1966. That means he's 51 this year. In September, he'd be 51. Oh, there you go. All right. Check that out, yeah. Okay, so, all right. So, then they, they have to see the doctor's wife, and apparently this is the doctor's wife that... No, don't... Re- Did Adam Sandler kill the doctor? Oh, I don't know. But but he had the picture of the doctor with two bullets in his head. He couldn't have killed him. He didn't have the demeanor. No, right. If he did, it was an accident. I think maybe he thinks he killed him or something or so, something. But this is the dead doctor's wife. Yeah. And supposedly she's hot. Yes. Yes. And so she comes out, and who would it, who is it? It's Paula Patton. And oh, that's who that is. I didn't know her. Yes, Paula Patton. She's uh, what's his face is uh. Uh, Blurred Lines singer. Oh, Robin Thicke? Robin Thicke. That's his ex-wife. It's his ex-wife. Yes. Wow. He, wow. Yeah. They, he screwed up pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. she? She's like... They, she, was, she was his high school sweetheart. Oh, she was? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. At least I think that's the story. That she was his high school sweetheart. They've been wow. together for forever. Oh. Yeah. Because it, it's actually kind of funny because the trajectory... Their trajectory is kind of similar because she was in, was it Mission Impossible 3, I think? Or 4? Maybe 4. What was the first one with Jeremy Renner? Was that 4? 4. She was in that one. She was in that one and then he kind of like made it big soon thereafter. Oh, I remember her then. I remember that film. I remember her in that. Yes, like her her boyfriend gets killed by the... uh, Russian agent, whoever it was. They're making another Mission Impossible right now. Have you heard the... I thought it was a fake story on Facebook. Uh-huh. And and someone else put this, said, when I first saw this story, I thought it was from The Onion. Like, I thought it was a spoof. <laughs> this is genuine. Okay. Henry Cavill, 
Superman. Oh, just, just, just with the mustache? Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's filming Mission Impossible right now yes. and his character has a mustache yes. vitally yes. in the middle of filming and they can't change that. Yep. But they have to go back and do reshoots for, for the Justice, Justice League. League. Yep. Like now, which already fills me with dread, the fact that they've had so many reshoots of this. Like, Well, because Zack Snyder handed the reins over to Joss Whedon. So oh, Joss, did? Yeah, you didn't know that. Oh, I know Joss Whedon's in back I didn't realize they handed the... No, 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 no. Yeah, because apparently Zack Snyder's daughter killed uh-huh. herself. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so it was really rough. And Snyder was kind of like, okay, I'm going to work through it. And then he kind of finally realized, he was like, I can't. Oh my and God. I mean, who could? You know, his kid killed himself. Very few herself. people. Who could? Who could work through that? I mean, you know, sympathies to the families completely because that's a horrible thing to happen. Yeah. And then he thought he could do it. And it was kind of like, because it was such a huge deal, Justice League, all this stuff. And I'm guessing he had his family support. It's only a film. It, okay, it, it, it really yeah. is. But, but you know what? I mean, let's face it. These are people, their life yeah, is yeah. this. You know what I'm saying? They've known nothing else but this. And pretty much have known success for a really long time doing mm. this. So his family probably said, you should do that. And he just couldn't do it. And then he handed over the reins. They only had like a month or two of shooting left. And yeah. he handed it over to Joss Sweden. That That's like with thing. the Star Wars, with the Han Solo film. Right. It's weird, this keeps happening. Yeah, but the Han Solo film, apparently they were turning it into like 21 Jump Street, I heard. Yeah, they were trying to make it too goofy and yeah. stupid. It's stupid, yeah. Because they did the 21 Jump Street, I think, the two guys. And the Lego movie. Yeah. And the Batman Lego movie. Which is pretty funny. It's pretty awesome. Day. And they're yeah. all great. They are great. And... The 21 and 22 Jump Street, I thought were both actually hilarious. So I'd, I'd like to see the Han Solo goofy film. <laughs> you know? Why not? I'd like to see it. I mean, I don't know if I want it to be canon, but... Yes. Fancy. And to be fair, Ron Howard has got a terrible track record as of late. I've not really liked Ron Howard's films of recent. I mean, he's a good filmmaker when he wants to be, but like, you know, the Da Vinci Code films he's made are pretty terrible and... And then all the other like side Chris Hemsworth movies he's made with speed uh, the speed one the one about the F one driving I didn't the see F1, right 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 the guy who was Nicky oh Lander's and then the C one that looked terrible the Moby Dick ripoff thing the Moby the Moby Dick one and then did he also do the one where Chris Hemsworth was the hacker or was that somebody else no he didn't do that oh black hat black hat no yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah, do yeah. that okay that was someone else um but then he did um... no he didn't. I thought he did something he didn't do. But yeah, so I'm, that's confusing. I don't know about that already. That kind of confuses me. But yeah. I didn't realise Joss Whedon's doing... He's shooting the end of Justice League. Well, that gives me fresh hope then because which, I'm which, a huge Which is Joss probably Whedon the fan. reason why there's all these reshoots. I, it kind of surprises me that Joss Whedon... When I heard that he's doing Batgirl, I was like, not only is that excellent, that makes me hopeful that he's going to get to do a Batman film. Yes. Which will be great because I no Joss they already Whedon, handed over Batman to somebody else I know but down the road they maybe, maybe the next one maybe the like, third in the trilogy or something because of the Comic Con that um, they're getting rid of Affleck completely yeah Affleck and apparently that's not true yeah Batman, and he handed it over to Matt something I forget something with an H yes the guy who did Matt Henson uh, what's his name uh, what did he do um, something recently something more serious right, okay let me see if I can look it up. But he, um, I'll keep talking while you look it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, but I'm a big fan of Joss Whedon. I've always been like, he's, he's, I'm surprised he hasn't been more in demand recently. Like, when you think about, obviously, yep. old fashioned wise, like Buffy, brilliant angel, I loved right. all that. But then, um, 
Avengers, you know, the original Avengers film that many people still consider to be like, you know, That's the, the best one tier. of those films that, that they did. That, in my personal list, that is still the best superhero movie out there. And when you compare it to the other ones they did, it, it just doesn't get it. Age of Ultron... Matt Reeves, that's his name. Matt Reeves. Yes. And he did... What did he do? He did something recently that was very good. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, look at Planet of the Apes. That's what it was. Oh, oh that wasn't what I was thinking. The, oh, I've heard it's pretty good, though. Uh, okay. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. But well, I, well, more importantly, I heard it's very dark. Which, Which is why they're into Matt Reeves, uh, the uh, Planet of the Apes movie. Yes. That's one of the things I heard about this, is Which that it is very dark. The of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a very yeah. dark film. And so that was one of those, like, oh, you know, I well, mean. But you know what? That's, I mean, that's, kind of, that's the thing that Nolan got right, I thought. Yes. Like, the first one was kind of, eh, Batman Begins, okay. The second one was just fantastic. Yeah. If, if there is a close second to The Avengers, it's Batman, uh, uh, The Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. Because, and, and, you know, may he rest in peace. It's all on on um, Heath Ledger, yeah. Heath Ledger, because that Joker was just. It, it's kind of like I remember coming out of the movie with my friend, and we looked at each other. And it was like, okay, they can't make him anymore because who's gonna who's gonna top that? I think that's the last time I ever saw a film in the cinema that I saw three times during the release. <laughs> I went to see it the next day. I think I, the last time I remember seeing it as an adult yeah, yeah, going yeah. the next day to see the same film. Yeah, because I couldn't. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe how couldn't good believe that was. It. He was, he, he I mean, <laughs> Mark Hamill gets credit for like being one of the best Jokers because of the animated mm. Jokers. Yeah. And, and what he brought to that, Mark Hamill literally pulled every, like the Joker that kills the first Robin, the Joker that uh, uh, um, cripples Barbara Gordon, all of these like insane, like the Joker from um, The Dark Knight Returns. Of the Frank Miller books, yeah, Heath Ledger brought all of those in, yeah, and, and and that's the that's the thing that to me was amazing about his performance. It was not cartoonish, like it was incidental that he had like the clown makeup. Yes, he was just like a, a psycho that yeah. happens to have it. It was war paint. Yes, yes, he was a psycho of war paint. He, he was. was. It, 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 I mean, yeah, his performance. I I can't say enough about his performance. Like I said, Avengers. If there's a close second. It's it's and it, it's funny because uh, uh, what's his face um, Batman he Christian was, Bale Christian Bale thank you he was almost incidental in the role oh yeah you, you think about that film and he didn't uh, Batman Begins was great I enjoyed Batman Begins a lot and one of the reasons is because he was very good in it and like his Bruce Wayne yes it was so interesting I was like yes. wow what an interesting take he he was very um, much he was very good but. He got overshadowed by Ledger and oh, yeah. even by what's his face, uh, 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 Harvey Dent. Yeah, I thought I thought his turn, first of all, as just being Harvey Dent, I thought it was great. And then when he did the whole Two Face thing, yeah, and he was Two Face for like what fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Aaron Eckhart, yeah, Aaron Eckhart, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I I love those films. I. I'm a huge Chris Nolan fan. Actually, I think the only other time that I've done that where I've seen a film within the same run is actually Inception. I went to see Inception again okay. because that film, if you've not seen it, very much lends itself to a lot of Chris Nolan films. Right. He's very clever at making a film you want to see again for various and reasons. From what I heard, Dunkirk blows them all away. I, I, Dunkirk was excellent. It was, for me, it's almost impossible to compare it to any other Nolan film because it's 
everything he does, he kind of masters the genre. Right. He's just so good at mastering the genre. Like, yeah. obviously the Batman films, he took Batman, that I loved the Tim Burton Batman. Yeah. But he just completely reinvented mm-hmm. it. Completely. Um, and... Because I, personally, I thought those original, Tim Burton was great and they went and it was, that was basically the formula when they all started failing. The minute you start introducing mm. more than like a villain. Yeah. You can't because you can't just write. And it's funny because that was the big worry with Avengers. And we did it cleverly. He had seven heroes. Yeah. But really one villain. Yeah. And it was just Loki. Yeah. And it worked beautifully. And they tried again, like uh, when they, when uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, um, oh, I'm terrible with names. But um, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, what's the, the director? Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he did, I thought the first Spider-Man was really good. Even though there's the allowances for like, oh, this, the webs are his, they're natural kind yeah. of stuff. Okay, great. Number two, great. I, I thought actually possibly number two was better than the first one. With yeah. Doc Ock with uh, Alfred Molina, who I think is a marvelous actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he went with the third one, and it was like three villains. It yeah. was like Sandman and... and Venom. And Venom, and then... Uh, what's his face was the goblin again? Oh yeah, the the, the hobgoblin this the time. Hub. Yeah, and it was just like, no, this this is terrible. It's, yeah, you 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 literally followed the formula of Tim Burton and, and like and Joel Schumacher. Forget Joel; those movies were just terrible. That was mm. such camp. And he even said it though. He was like, oh, I was a huge fan of the Adam West movies. That's not the direction we were going because I don't know if you noticed Jack Nicholson was in the first one. That wasn't. Yeah, we weren't going to the camp direction. It was going. It, we were trying to do like a dark, and even just the, the Tim Burton feel. Like every Tim Burton movie is kind of like, even when it's sunny, it feels like it's like nighttime, kind of you know, because it's always just this odd, creepy kind of feel to it. So yeah, like you said. I'm, but it's interesting you say that about the multiple villains because Dark Knight has Joker, Two Face, and Scarecrow's in it as well, very briefly. True. Isn't it? True, but that, but that's the whole point, right? So Nolan handled it very well. So the main villain has been there's always the mobsters, right? Because it's crime, it's it's Batman. There's always criminals. Yeah. The main villain is the Joker. Yeah. Okay. Um, Scarecrow just had a blip in Dark Knight. Scarecrow was kind of Scarecrow and 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 uh, Rajal Ghul yeah. in the, the Batman Begins were there. And Scarecrow, again, he was kind of an ancillary character. Yeah. He was just there because of the gas and they're putting it in the water. The, 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 yeah. the fear formula. Um, but in Dark Knight, he handled it very well because, I mean, Two-Face is not so much a villain as a tragedy character. Mm. He is like, he's almost Hamlet, right? Yeah. Because he's this good guy who's trying to do good and then basically he just goes over the edge at the end and he freaks out. Now, half his face is burnt off. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost like, and I mean, I think what sold it for me with that was when Joker went into the hospital, he uh-huh. said, here, kill me. And he put the gun to his head. He said, shoot me, shoot me. Because yeah. all along, Joker just wants somebody to kill him. Yeah. And nobody can do it. Uh-huh. You know, it's like either because they're incompetent or their aim is bad or whatever it is. And he, he tells Harvey, he's like, go ahead, shoot me, shoot me. I'm right here, you know. I, and I just thought that introduction that he did right there with the two of them, that's what sold the second villain movie. Because that's like obviously the part where he snaps and he's two-faced. Yeah. And again, like I said, it's only for the last 10 minutes mm-hmm. of the movie that he's two-faced. Yeah. Because his only appearance then later is in the limo and he's threatening Gordon's kids. Yeah. 
And that's it. So I, I, I thought that was handled very well. But like Tim Burton, when he did like the whole thing, he had Catwoman, he had Penguin. Yeah. And that was already a bit much. And then the next one was and then, like, but that w- And then Chris, and then, um, and Christopher Walken was also Batty. That's right. Max Shrek, who was just a businessman. Yes. The, yes, the, yes it's yes. like, what a weird decision. It's like, you ha- you already have Catwoman and Penguin. You know, put another made-up baddie in there who's just a rich guy. Yeah. It was a weird it was, yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like like I said, Schumacher with uh, Tyler Lee Jones' Two-Face and... And, and, and then rewrote Perry it and then Riddler Two-Face killed and, Batman's parents and all this business. It was like it was weird yeah. decisions. And then not forgetting the old Arnie is... I never, to, I never, I never, I, I stopped after three. Oh, you never saw it? I know. Oh, and Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. And, and Bane as a, as a henchman for Poison Ivy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. yeah. It was that was an itch. But, yeah, Chris Nolan's great. All the rest. Yeah. Big fan of Inception. Great. It took off where Matrix left off and was like, right, I'm doing that. And then Interstellar, in my opinion, it was one of the best sci-fi Interstellar films. Interstellar was fantastic. I love Interstellar. Fantastic. There's so many isolated... The good thing about Chris Nolan and what he does mm-hmm. is you can... He is perfect. He puts a big blockbuster uh, film... He spends so much money yeah. and they're all practical effects. He doesn't do CGI. I mean, he does to a little bit, but sure, you wouldn't sure. notice the bits of CGI. If you had to point out what's CGI and what's practical, you'd get it wrong. Right. He uses CGI for the, you know, the weather. Makeup, and yeah. then, but the practical effects for all the explosions yeah, yeah. and crazy things. Sure. And But what he does, he has huge films, big actors, whatever, but he produces moments that you remember, like scenes, individual yeah. scenes, character scenes yeah. that you take away. You don't remember the explosions. Yeah. You remember like... And that's a great point. Interstellar, there's so many scenes in that that I remember. Yeah. Like the scene where he's leaving his daughter yep. when he's going off to space and she's running after him and like he's just crying. And like, it's like so well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those scenes, the father, it's so simple, yeah. but it's done so earnestly. Yes. Great. And Dunkirk's the same for that. And it's got a lot of flack from people that, as far as I'm concerned, don't know what they're fucking talking about. <laughs> like, I, the, like, a lot of people have said, oh, you know, he's not given any time to the characters. Like, he doesn't care about I didn't leave like I, I felt like I didn't leave caring about the characters enough in in you know in the war and like yeah. it's like this it's a conscious decision. The point is it's like the point the film the way Dunkirk works is like it's from the perspective when you're in there yeah. there are four hundred thousand people on this one beach yeah. and they're being attacked on all sides and they're right. just trying to escape. Right. Every one of those four hundred thousand, the only concern is them is they individually want to survive. Right. They're no one's caring about anyone else. That's the whole point. It's like, you know, right. people are getting blown up left, right and centre and it's not a Steven Spielberg weepy like every time someone dies a soldier sheds a tear. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No. no. Like, get out of my way. This is life right now. You're yeah, just getting yeah, on yeah. with it. Like, you're just getting out. Yeah. You know? Oh, and it's so good. It's, yeah. If you've not seen it, definitely see it. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird film because you want to see it but then you don't want to see it. Like, yes. again, I want to see it again because it's great but then I don't want to see it because it's, it's so, yeah. you Horrifying. know, yeah, it's, Brilliant director. He's the Alfred Hitchcock of yes. our age. Uh, the, the modern one. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a very very nice uh, mm. comparison there. So, anyway, back to do-over. As you can tell, we're we really We should probably call do-over. this episode do-over slash Batman. <laughs> well, you know what it is? Here's the thing. The show, one, it's an American show. It's English. There's no subtitles. We really don't have to decipher anything. No. And we really... It really wasn't uh, um, 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 engaging. Mm. It was typical Adam Sandler. 
So they yeah. go, they find the wife, they run her over, quote-unquote, by accident. She stabs David Spade in the... I'm summarizing now. She stabs David Spade in the hand. They, all be, they kidnap her, and she's screaming, and they let her know that her husband's dead. And they're trying to help her survive because the people that killed her husband are trying to kill them. And they go to a biker bar, and they're looking for somebody. And then the guy that they're looking for ends up, like, just about choking Adam Sandler. He's a big, fat biker dude. And you only find out he's gay, and they find out the guy who got killed that he loved, and the doctor were trying to find a cure for cancer, and then Adam Sandler does a little, like, visual kind of, like, because the big guy tries to kiss him, and he starts sucking on his fingers, which we got a good chuckle out of. But again, it was funny, and again, like, oh, here's a 50-year-old man sucking on his fingers, looking like he's doing a blowjob. It's really starting to get creepy, you know? And and, uh, Q, ancillary bad guy, who shoots... The biker dude and they get away again and they go to Adam Sandler's like mother's house which is somewhere in the Keys my guess is uh-huh. and she has like amnesia and she like slaps David Spade in the face with a pan and then they're talking and you see pictures of Adam Sandler as a baby and it's just like this very rote schlock buddy movie they're on yeah. the run the bad guys are after them and inject Adam Sandler sex humor wherever you can and one of them is going to sleep with Paula Patton at some point or try to and or she's going to like probably both pro- and then and then they don't realize each other are doing it yeah right and it's right. like oh, I was going to say yes we're yes, both yes. sleeping with it's her now it's going to be a threesome and then they're stooping each other right yeah. or she's going to fall in love with like his mom because she's really gay or something some nonsense like that and that's pretty much the movie and it's very formulaic, and we don't really have to think about what's going on here because it's like a dozen other movies you've seen. The plot is like an excuse; it's just a means for him to get in his jokes. Yes. It's like he's just got this plot that is the only purpose it serves. The plot is to get from one punchline to the other. Like yes, that's yes, what it is. yes. Perfect example being they go into the biker bar, and there's a bartender. And he's got a big head of hair, and he's got like a nose piercing, but instead of a nose ring. It's uh, 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 it looks like ivory, like and it, like yeah. literally sticks out about two inches past his nose on either side of his face. And Adam Sandler's joke is like, "Are you proud of yourself for the baby elephant that you killed and stuck that ivory in your nose?" And the uh, uh, bartender rolls his eyes, of course, because it's just a bad joke. And then David Spade comes in to order a joke. He says, "Hey, Bam Bam, can I get another joke?" And it's just like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. So guys, you just, come on, hire a writer, do something, because this is just, you know, there's lots of kids who grew up watching your movies, they'll write a lot better material for you than you can. What they do, yeah, what they do with these films is they spend no money on the script, they, they, they buy up scripts that are literally probably film school kids yeah. who've written a script, right. they buy them for like nothing. No, sure, they'll, give them like, grand. they'll give them a hundred grand. Yeah. Buy outright, yeah. and they'll be like, "Wow!" and they just take it, and because all they want to do is write television scripts, right? Uh, and they'll buy it for hundred grand, and then they will just put their mates in it, take the money, and run. Yes, and just that sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, what's going on here uh, in terms of the? Yeah, it's it's typical Adam Sandler quote unquote buddy comedy. Nothing overly interesting. Because we kept on like diverting our attention and stopping like, oh, did you hear yeah. about this? And oh, did you hear about this? And yeah, it wasn't very engaging. No, it wasn't. And uh, But Batman on the other hand. Batman, <laughs> listen, Nolan, we've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I still, I still, and, and I'm ashamed to admit it, I still have not seen Inception. You've not seen Inception? I have not seen Inception. Oh, what's your excuse? I don't have one except for that, I, I just don't have one. It's a shame for you because that film really deserves to be seen on a big screen. I, I, but, um, you know, there's so many movies that deserve to be seen on the big screen and I feel fortunate when I get to see one. In fact, I saw Valerian. Oh, you did? I did. I thought that looked good. It looks really good. There are some really, really fun, neat concepts. Yeah. But it's literally the kind of movie... It's kind of like this movie. Uh You turn it on, and we play cards and drink beer and bullshit and not really pay attention to it. That's a shame. I was hoping it would be like a spiritual sequel to Fifth Element sort of thing. So did I. And in terms of just the cinematography... The special effects, all of that stuff. It was really well done. I even thought uh, Ethan Hawke had a great little cameo in it. Clive Owen is in it. Um, Poor Clive Owen. Give him a good vehicle. I love Clive Owen. I love Clive Owen He's not been in a good film in a long time. Oh, speaking of that, I saw it because I have a free run of HBO. What's it? Bang Bang that he did with Paul Giamatti and Monica Bellucci. And he plays like this like top-notch, like, assassin who used to be a government agent or whatever, mm. and he shoots like crazy, and all he does is eat raw carrots the whole time. <laughs> and, and, and like you said, and as I'm watching it, it was, it's, it's almost like watching an old episode of the A-Team. That's yeah. how ludicrous the action is. Yeah. And what you said was going through, it's like, poor Clive Owen. Shoot him up. Is it called shoot him up? Quick, yeah, quick shoot him up, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. what it was. Shoot out. I, I, something like that so, so it, really schlocky yeah, very yeah, yeah. cheesy very much a 15 year old wrote this as a comic book kind of thing yeah yeah and like I said poor Clive Owen somebody give although isn't he in the Nick isn't he the main character in the Nick yeah I've not seen it though uh, uh, I heard uh, good uh, things but I've not a seen it a friend of mine she actually got a role on it oh yeah 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 but um yeah he's um Valerian was, I forget the actor's name, he was in, 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 uh, what's the one where they were telekinetic with Robert B. Jordan? He was in the latest Spider-Man, not the latest, but the one beforehand, he played, um, uh... Harry, that's right! Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. He was terrible. He was so very just one-dimensional, and I don't know why he... I guess he was trying to f- capture the same formula as before with uh, Cara Delevingne. What's her name? Cara Delevingne. Whatever. And and I guess he cast her because she could do a fairly convincing American accent because I think she's British. Uh-huh. And she was, eh. And I was just like, okay, here's the problem. His casting is completely different than it was with The Fifth Element. So he had Bruce Willis, who for reasons explained or not, Really has a nose for good sci-fi scripts. Yeah. Um, he had uh, uh, Mila Jovovich, yeah. who was a model, but she's done lots of acting before. This wasn't like the first movie that she's done. And I think what helps, like especially new actors, if they've never really done act, if you give them a, like a quirky character, that kind of helps them because there's nothing to follow really. Yeah. You know, she had to where she kind of yeah, like yeah, made yeah. up her own language and she just had to be goofy uh-huh. and you know she's a model so she's going to be comfortable in front of a camera perfect let's put her up there eye candy blah 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 the whole night great he had Gary Oldman Gary Oldman 
He's the quintessential baddie. <laughs> well, quintessential baddie and possibly one of the best actors over the last 30 years. Yeah. You know? I mean, I don't know if he's won any Oscars, but he sh- bloody should have. Yeah, he hasn't. Know? No, he's not won an Oscar. No. Right. But, I mean, he literally should be... Gary Oldman is a consummate actor because he's never Gary Oldman. Yeah. He's always the character that he's portraying. Because you take... perfect example is Zorn from The Fifth Element and compare them to Jim Gordon. Yeah. And if you didn't know it was the same, you probably wouldn't even know it was the same freaking actor. Yeah, yeah Even yeah. though makeup-wise, it wasn't really that much difference. Dracula and... Dracula and Sid Vicious and... Uh, nuts, nuts. Yeah, And all these other myriad characters that he's played in The Professional and whatever else. He had Chris Rock for great, like, comedy. Chris and, Tucker. And Chris Tucker, Chris, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Chris Rock. Chris Tucker, yeah. Chris Tucker. I mean, all these great little... In th- Home as well. Th- th- that's right, from, yeah. from Alien. I mean, he had a great supporting cast. He had Clive Owen, Clive Owen in this one. There are some other actors that I've recognized, but I, I couldn't tell you what their names are. Really nice concepts. Really fabulous, just like sci-fi effects and all that. He had Rihanna in there, and I was just like... They keep... I don't know why. They keep just... Like, why do they Rihanna, keep going in films? She's Rihanna, not been in a successful film yet. Rihanna is like Madonna. They keep trying to force feed her to us. <laughs> and she's a terrible actress. Terrible, terrible actress. Really. I mean, she's gorgeous. And, and, you know, great pop star and all this. She's a terrible actress. Yep. They keep trying to force feed her. Uh, the fact that she's going to be in this, like, Ocean's 8, which is the ladies' remake. I'm just like, why? 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 Yeah. I, 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 I just don't. So, like I said, big screen, on the big screen, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, the effects, the concepts were really, really cool. And it, it's obviously from this comic book that he read as a kid. Really great. Uh, uh, the, the, the intro scene, really good. It was like they were going dimensional shopping. Uh-huh. And they're not really there, but they have to use their DNA and use these helmets. They're in another dimension and they're buying stuff and they have to like phase it back in from another dimension. And it's funny, it's like when they go to the other dimension, it's like this big like jungle marketplace or not even jungle it's like kind of like you're like in Marrakesh in Morocco in uh-huh. these big market stalls and you know all these things but then you, you come back to the real world and there's a bunch of people just kind of walking around in the desert and there's like nothing there yeah kinda. so like the concept was really really like, like I said really fun really all the various aliens and the concept of the whole movie was really fun He's good at building worlds. He's a good world builder. He really, really is. Like I said, his his two leads I thought were terrible. There are lots of ancillary actors that I thought did a really good job. So talk, talk about world building and say about like concept sci-fi. What I'm really looking forward to the new Blade Runner because I love Blade Runner anyway. Yeah. But the new Blade Runner with um the director of it um. Dennis Villeneuve, yeah. the man behind Arrival. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that as an excellent sci-fi. But just is that the, the Arrival? Is that the one with... The, no, no, no. no Amy no. Adams. Right, right. I didn't see that one. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, um, that's what I heard. But she... Oh, th- but just, it, from the trailer alone, it's just like everything I remember of Blade Runner. And like, just like... But more. It just looks so great. Like, I'm happy to just bathe in the world. Like, you don't need dialogue. Just no, give yeah. me those visuals. And the fact that they have um, oh, Princess Buttercup in it. I was Robin. Yeah, Robin, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. I love her work. I think she's fantastic. She's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, I guess we can wrap up our Batman episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our, or I should better, or more correctly, I should, we should wrap up our, our Christopher Nolan episode. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we watched Do Over with Adam Sandler. Nothing special. 
There's really nothing much to decipher. It's a very typical, very formulaic movie. Yeah. It had some funny scenes. To be fair, we did laugh out loud in, in a couple of spots. There was a good spots. line. There was a good line that we liked. That, that's right. That's, should we even like say the line? Yeah. Towards, yeah, towards the end, there's a blackout, so you think the bad guys are moving in on them. And he says, um, he says are you ready? And he says, yeah, I'm ready, because I'm the type of guy that always has a condom in his pocket and an umbrella in his car, because you never know when you're going to fuck in the rain. So we just laugh kind of yeah. out loud at that one. Which that was is, a nice. Which, like kind of, which will kind of clue you in to our maturity levels here. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that one is, like I said, nothing really much to decipher. We know what's going on there. Um, Big Jim's Pizzeria, standard pizza. Yeah. You know, nothing special, but not like, oh, I can't believe I ate this pizza. Yeah. None, yeah, yeah. none of that. Um, uh, Sean gave it 3.1. I gave it 3.5. And then we tried the Redhead Amber Ale from the Woodcock Brothers Brewing Company from Wilson, New York. And this is a bit of a disappointment because I tried their Niagara Lager, which I thought was fantastic. But they didn't have it in the store, so I picked this up. And I gave it a 3.0, and you uh-huh. gave it a 2.5. Yeah. Fair? <sighs> yeah, I feel bad for the 2.5 now. I think maybe more than a 2.8 or something. You want to, you can change it to two point eight. Two point eight. All right. So two point eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it's. I mean, I had a can of it. I was like, oh, that's nice. But I'm probably gonna leave that can, other can. <laughs> I've, I've changed it to two point eight because I drank it all, <laughs> and now I have like now a have fuzzy guilt. buzz <laughs> in the back of my head. I'm like, you know what? It wasn't the most pleasant thing to to drink. But, it's, but there's alcohol in it. <laughs> it's, it's like having a Zima. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... So, 2.8, I gave it a 3.0. That's pretty much it here, folks. Uh, episode 14. So, you learned yeah. a lot about Christopher Nolan and our opinions on superhero yeah. directors and movies. I just want to go and watch more Chris Nolan films now. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I want to, like, go get a ticket for Dunkirk now. Oh, you should. I, I, I really want to, actually. I'm... Unfortunately, I'm going to have to, because much like yourself, I'm going to have to go by myself if I want to see it in the theater. Oh, I'll go with you. Oh, okay. All right. So we can... I'll go again. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I'll bring the other two cans of the red ale and we can really yeah. enjoy it. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. That's the perfect way to watch it. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks. Thanks a lot for listening and uh, talk to you next time. <laughs>